It's time for Government Gone Wild, a no-holds-barred podcast dissecting the most controversial topics in the news right now. Edgy, fast-paced, and with a bit of humor, conservative libertarian host Kristen Tate digs beyond the headlines and beyond party politics to illuminate the issues people care about, the ones career politicians in D.C. just don't understand. Each week, Kristen hosts real people from diverse backgrounds and perspectives to engage in feisty debates and discussions. And now, your host, Kristen Tate. Hey guys, this is Kristen Tate. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I'm super excited. This is the second season of my podcast, Government Gone Wild. I had to take a couple weeks off, or I guess a couple months off of podcasting while I finished the manuscript for my second book. Now, I can't tell you too many details about my new book, but it comes out next year and you guys are going to love it. So stay tuned. Lots of exciting announcements coming soon. Now, my guest on the show this week is a friend of mine who's a very successful actor. He's in a bunch of movies, TV shows, commercials, all of that. And I wanted to have him on the show to discuss the craziness going on in Hollywood right now. Um, Of course, this Hollywood executive, Harvey Weinstein, has been accused of raping and sexually assaulting dozens of women in Hollywood for the last decade or two. And what's incredible about this story is that this has been going on for years in Hollywood, and apparently a bunch of insiders in the film and TV industry have known about this for a very long time. But it hasn't been until now that all of us, the public, have found out about this widespread abuse. We didn't know about it until the New Yorker ran this bombshell story about it. And now all of these victims are coming forward. Uh, People as famous as Angelina Jolie, Gwyneth Paltrow, all of these A-list stars are saying that they were subject to Harvey Weinstein's abuse and, and sexual misconduct. What really has struck me the most about this whole Harvey Weinstein story is the glaring hypocrisy in Hollywood. You know, every time we watch these, uh, these award shows like the Oscars and the Emmys, all these actors, they get on the stage, they accept their award, and then they lecture us. They lecture America about who we vote for, what we think, our values. They talk down to us. They belittle us. They trash our president. And it turns out that a lot of people in Hollywood, a lot of these same people, have known about this serial abuser, Harvey Weinstein, and they have done nothing about it. They've done nothing to shine a spotlight on this serial abuse. So I want to get into this, and I have the perfect guest today to dig right in. All right, guys, I have a Hollywood elitist here on the show. His name is Liam McNeil. He is a big-time actor. He's actually about to star in an upcoming Lifetime TV movie. I love Lifetime. Uh, Liam, yes, a big fan right here. Liam, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be on. For all of our listeners out there, I actually, we, Liam and I recorded an episode about two weeks ago, and then this whole Harvey Weinstein thing happened, and uh, I thought, hell, we got to re-record this episode, because I got to get his take on, uh, on this big scandal here, because Liam, you are the only guy in Hollywood that I actually know, so I need to get your take on this. 
I bet you a lot of women are out there right now saying, well, he came on to me and I went with it because he could get me this big role. He could make my career. And they're wondering now, should they say something or not now that it's safe to come out? And, and for all the you know stories we've heard, yeah, there's dozens more that we'll, we'll never hear and we'll never know. I mean, this guy was a predator for at least 20 years. I mean, I've, I've had friends and um, you know, colleagues in the industry who've said, this is, this is super well known. I mean, going back at least to 99, I've had in some cases, and I'm sure well before that, specific incidents that, that friends have told me about. And then the, the scary thing, too, is it's not just Harvey Weinstein or mm-hmm. Swinestein, as people are saying now. It goes far beyond that. It's an industry-wide thing. I mean, it's I've had so many actor friends and, and people at different parts of the industry say to me, you know, this this casting couch thing, this idea that in order to get jobs – in an industry that's so desperate for, you know, any little advantage you can get, there's there's been tons of um, predatory behavior from executives and casting people. I haven't ever seen it, to be honest, which is good. But I've had a lot of friends, male and female, who've been propositioned for things because it's it's an industry that's set up just to sort of, you know, use that that leverage and that power to coerce people into doing things they don't want to do. And I think. This doesn't just go on in Hollywood. I think this happens in pretty much every industry. But it's so shocking because it's so many people apparently knew about it. And yet the public didn't know about it for so many years. I think that's what is shocking so many people. And I got to tell you, Liam, what really makes me mad about this whole thing. These Hollywood people, they love to lecture everyone else about morals and values. You know, I couldn't even watch the Oscars this year because it was just Mm -hmm. a bunch of people lecturing us about who we should vote for, what we should think, how we should all be better people, and shame on you people for voting for Trump and all this stuff. And then it turns out they won't even come forward about this guy who has apparently been getting away with rape and sexual assault for well over a decade. They love to, you know, bitch about Donald Trump, but they won't yeah. point their finger at the guy who's been doing this on a widespread level in their own industry. Yeah. And as, as somebody who's, you know, on the ground here in LA and, and, you know, you pick up conversations with actor friends and just people in the city. I mean, it's pretty much, it seems like everybody in this city is attached to the industry in some way. So this, the same conversations tend to happen in coffee shops and at dinners. You know, what was the conversation last November, December? How awful this this country is right now. We're going in this awful direction. Everybody's depressed. It was really disgusting, to be honest with you. It was it was like the city turned into this giant like self-help group. Everybody's outpouring all these emotions about Trump being elected. But now, in light of this story, which should be eliciting some of the same conversations. I, I promise you, I've heard nothing. The only thing I've seen is maybe a couple of Facebook posts, but you walk into Even cafes, now that it's exploded, you're saying, you oh, yeah. still hear nothing about this? Yeah, it, it's not like a hot issue that people jump on in the same way that, you know, if it's a, a leftist cause towards somebody on the right, that they would jump on the bandwagon there. I mean, it's, it's the city is honestly, it's a bunch of lemmings. Whatever the, the narrative is, if it's in favor of your side, yeah, they'll jump on that bandwagon anytime. But as soon as it's a finger pointing back at them, silence. And, you know, a lot of the pieces that you read out there about, you know, the New York Times and um, the L.A. Times, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to publish pieces on this and trying to get um, some anecdotal stories from people in the industry. It says, you know, 
time and time again in these articles, like we tried to reach out to all these different stars and all these different companies and nobody's talking. Very rarely is somebody coming out and actually saying, you know, yeah, this guy was a creep. We knew about it because for whatever reason, there's just there's a lack of character in this city to be able to point their finger at themselves. They love pointing fingers at other people. They love wagging that other self-righteous. Really, oh, I yeah, mean... absolutely. I mean, think about what they did with the Bill O'Reilly story and the in the you know, the Trump election. And, and, and I want to say these, the Bill O'Reilly and Trump, they just said things, you know, Trump right. said things. There's no proof that exactly. Trump actually did anything. I don't think he did exactly. do anything. This man, Harvey Weinstein actually did things. He actually, I mean, I guess we don't have 100% proof, but it's looking like he really did rape people. He really did assault people. That's far worse than just words and rhetoric. Right. Right. And, in the, people that I feel bad for are, are women because in this, and I knew this before the, the Weinstein story broke, this industry is, is awful for women. If you're a woman, good luck to you because your advancement is probably only going to be, um, based on your attractiveness. Um, and maybe behind closed doors, what you are willing to do sexually. I mean, female directors have a very hard time getting jobs, female actresses and actors, they, you know, they use those terms uh, non-gender specifically, but, you know, same thing. I, I think something like 30% of the speaking roles out there are for women right now. I got to um, push back on you a little on that. Push back. Though, because... Push back attractive female, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank using, you. Using purely your looks. And I'm I got kidding. where I am today purely because of my yeah. looks and I am damn proud. That's <laughs> no, right. No, but um, a colleague of mine or someone I, I've been on the air with named Ebony Williams on Fox News, she wrote a book called Pretty Powerful. And the book was about how women can leverage their looks to get where they want to be using both looks and intelligence. And I believe that in the acting industry, um, you can use your looks as a strength. I don't think women have to have a harder time than men. I think you can use good looks or odd looks or, you know, the acting world wants people who have a striking look. It's a visual industry. I think women should be empowered by that. Um, it's unfortunate that we have this sexual assault happening in the industry, but I also push back on the notion that, you know, women are 100% the victim because of this and because it's such a looks-based industry, because I think women can use their physical appearance to their advantage. And, you know, when you have that element and then you combine it with intelligence or, you know, a really powerful acting capability, you're going to knock it out of the park. True. Um, and and that's but isn't that sort of playing into the the predatory environment when you're using your looks you know meritocracy or not to to gain advantage in something that to me that that seems unfair it should be purely based on ability but then that's so, also not acknowledging the reality which is that film and tv is a visual industry and they are fair. looking for certain people who look a, a certain way for various roles not every role needs an attractive person sometimes they want a really ugly person for a role sometimes they want a really tall person for a role sometimes they want whatever you get the point yeah um well then so then separately to that you know look at again this i don't have a, a number to cite but female directors, I mean, good luck finding a female director or, or female producers. There are a handful of those, if that in the industry, it's, I mean, it's clearly, it's a male dominated, um, industry at all levels. And why is that? I mean, it's sort of like the tech industry. Is it because women just don't want to be in the industry or are they not getting a fair shake? 
Um, and some of my female director friends, there's one who just directed a Netflix series. Um, she's young, she's attractive, she's incredibly talented. Um, and, and rightfully so, she's working her way up the industry. But she says on a daily basis, she has to deal with that pressure of overcoming the bias that people have. They see this pretty blonde girl and they don't think she's the director and they don't take her seriously. But here she is, I mean, helming a big show. And to your point, though, she says she sort of makes fun of it because she'll dress up very sexily on set. <laughs> and so she kind of brings it upon herself because she, she wants people to know, like, not only am I going to play up my sexuality, but then I'm going to also, you know, rain down as this director and create this great masterpiece and do, like you're saying, sort of play it from both sides. But but overall, I mean, this the, the industry is just very difficult and volatile for women. It's it's just a tough, tough business. And I just it's to the extent that you could be happy at a point of, you know, a story like this breaking in terms of, you know, a, a serious subject and rape and all that. I'm I'm elated by it because it's finally it's the first time it seems like in in my time in the industry when there's a little bit of egg of, of you know, on the face of Hollywood, they finally are being called out in a very public way for the hypocrisy that's clearly been here for a long time. Now, the question is, does anything come from it? Does any sort of, you know, big transcendent moment happen where they resolve to be better and, you know, root out this kind of behavior in Hollywood and make, make things better for women and stuff? I haven't seen it yet. I mean, it's still early, but something tells me this is going to slowly, quietly sort of disappear and fade and it'll be business as usual back in Hollywood. And, you know, good luck to you if you're a woman and, you know, have to try to work your way up the, the legitimate way. You know, it's just. Yeah. I mean, here's the good thing. I think um, I'm, you know, an outsider looking in. You're obviously deep into this. But from my perspective, it seems like media is becoming increasingly diversified. Most of my friends, they don't even have cable anymore. You know, you see yeah. everything online. You see Netflix. People have Hulu. So I think that those emerging f platforms, perhaps they do give an opportunity for new kids on the block and more diverse people to kind of step into leadership roles. And it also knocks down these monopolies and, and it makes it easier to expose people like this Harvey Weinstein guy. So I yeah. hope that's the direction we're going in. But I kind of want to shift gears here because Liam, you're sure. actually a conservative in Hollywood. Your views yeah. are conservative. So I want to talk about your experience as a conservative in Hollywood. Um, first of all, I got to ask, have you always been a conservative or did you kind of shape your views after being in this liberal la la land for so long that you just got fed up? A little bit of both. Um, I, I've been conservative pretty much my entire life. Um, you know, from definitely from birth, you know, I popped out with a, a Reagan, uh, banner in my hand. So I figured, <laughs> okay, that's a good start. But honestly, I mean, my, my experience growing up, going through school in Massachusetts from, you know, kindergarten all the way through high school and then college in Connecticut and then being in the L.A., you know, liberal Hollywood scene, it's all been the same. It's all been if you're conservative, you better shut your mouth because honestly, teachers will come after you. Literally, I remember I was sitting in a high school classroom um, during a history class and the teacher went around. This is back in the 2000 election and asked everybody who they were voting for or, or had people raise their hands. And when I raised when I was the only one raising my hand saying that I was voting, it was actually primary for John McCain. He came up to me and he in front of everybody grilled me on why, 
you know, and I'm like 15. I'm trying to come up with the best answers I can. But that was, <laughs> first of all, I think it's amazing you were voting at 15. That's that's a pretty astonishing. Well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I, I circumvented the laws, but no, you know what I'm saying. It was, yeah, a, it was no, a little mock election. Right, right. <laughs> but but the fact that if if you're, I learned at that age, like if you're conservative in in Massachusetts, you're gonna get called out. You're gonna get judged. You're gonna get you know. The, the eyes of everybody on you and everything. And that's that's the environment I grew up in, which I think helps me because I'm used to from every level growing up and then in college, the same thing. And then being in the Hollywood industry, the same thing, being sort of back up against the wall, surrounded by tons of liberal voices, the uninformed. I mean, it's it's incredible. The the same it's it's like an army of liberals armed with the same three talking points watching the same news channels with not much of an imagination or, or character to sort of look into issues with more depth. So it's pretty easy to, to defeat them in debates or conversations. The question is, can you? Yeah. And, and to be honest, I feel at risk in Hollywood because in the same way, it's like, why are so many people afraid to come out against Harvey Weinstein in LA? They don't want to hurt their career. They don't want to hurt their, their chances. And gosh, if you come out as conservative, if you come out against somebody, who, like a Harvey Weinstein who's in power, I mean, it is kind of like good luck to you because the ones who hold the, the power and the control, they will write you right out of this industry, no problem. So. Yeah, you know, I totally identify with your with your stories about growing up. I'm a Yankee too. I grew up in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is probably even less hostile to uh, conservative sure. ideas than where you yeah. grew up. But I got to give you credit because you were you were more brave than me. I was always like the little rat in the room. You know, they'd be like. <laughs> You know, so who's conservative? I would never raise my hand. Are you kidding me? That was like social suicide. So I got to give yes. you credit for that. It wasn't until the end of college that I really started being vocal about my beliefs. But yeah. has have your beliefs and being vocal about them ever cost you a job in Hollywood? Or do you feel like it's ever actively hurt you? I, I think so. It's hard to know exactly, you know, if, if you audition for something or, you know, you'll never hear back the reasons. Here's why you didn't get it and stuff. But but I can have my suspicions. I mean, there was one time I was at um, a small dinner event of like five or six people. One of the people at the at the dinner was this executive producer for this big time um, HBO show. And it was partly a networking kind of opportunity. And I was chatting with him and um, we got into oops, politics and things in that area. <laughs> and and he was going off, and I, don't, I mean, he was going against religion and going against, it, this was pre-Trump, but, you know, going against, I don't know, whatever the heck the conversation was, the, the usual liberal conversation. And I pushed back. I don't care who he is. You know, I'm not going to sit there and just, that's the thing, too. This is a city of yes men and women. Mm -hmm, you just mm -hmm. kind of nod your head, go along with the story. And I'm not here for that reason. So I pushed back, reasonable, you know, trying to make conversation, just nothing emotional. And he was clearly taken aback. And you could tell that someone in his position of power in this sort of upper and inner circle of Hollywood is not used to having, A, somebody else of a different opinion who exists in this state, and two, <laughs> who, would, who would even raise you know, a conversation or a debate against him. Um, it, was, it was a pretty revealing moment. And then towards the end of the, the dinner, he had this you know, smirk on his face. And he, and he comes up to me at, after we're departing and he says, you know, good luck in this town. And it was basically a sort of a kiss of death. You could just read the body language and tell. Wow. Because it's the kind of thing where like, you know, he, he could ascertain that I'm probably conservative and, and that's not going to fly in his world. So 
especially in an industry where you it's the differences between you getting a part and you making a, a career in somebody else are so minute. It's it's based on the smallest things. So any chance they have to to write you out and dismiss you and, and go with the other person, they will. They're just looking to eliminate you know their options. And so if, heck, if you're a conservative or if you have these different views, you're out. Wow. You know, and to elevate the conservative cause here. So, Jeez. I mean, in tons of instances like that, you know, have been in different workshops with casting directors or I've been on set with a director and, and the conversation is, it's that assumed audience kind of thing where they walk in and, you know, they assume that everybody's on the same side. So they're railing against Trump or they're, you know, whatever, again, the same usual liberal stuff that we hear. They assume that everybody in that world is on their side. And... You know what? What, what really? That I just heard, by the way, are you? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck was that? Whoa, that noise! I just imagine you like cruising down the highway. <laughs> you're yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> like I've been sitting here all day. It's been quiet, and then as soon as we started the podcast, like a, a parade of eighteen wheelers comes by my apartment. <laughs> Great. <laughs> like on the street, yeah. Um, but to get back to what you're saying, yeah. I mean, what really blows my mind about that is that half of this country is conservative. We know that from the voting rolls, right? And all this stuff that Hollywood is producing caters to only 50% of the country. You've got to think there's there's a huge audience that's not being served. I mean, they're being served in the cable industry with Fox News, but I mean, look at that Tim Allen show, Last Man Standing. That was one of the top-rated shows on TV for a reason, and I think the reason was that it was the only show on TV that was kind of to the right. When are these Hollywood yeah. people going to wake up and realize there's a big market here? And do you think there will be this kind of like new emerging market that does cater to that segment of the marketplace? Absolutely, yeah. And and I think something like this sort of helps. It it might set Hollywood back on its heels a little bit and and have them re reassess things. I mean, you you saw a couple of years ago there was this big push. I mean, Hollywood is nothing if just a money-seeking machine. So where it sees opportunity, it's going to go for those. A couple of years ago, it saw there was a huge opportunity financially in religious films. So it decided, hey, we're going to produce a slate of religious movies. You know, you had Noah or Noah's Ark, and then you had, you know, Gods and something. And there's a whole bunch of religious films that came out, um, not by Mel Gibson for once. And But they were all left-leaning. They were all, like, the un the fundamental message in all of those films, including, like, Noah's Ark and everything, was mm -hmm. religion is bad. At least that's kind of what oh, totally. I got out of it. I mean, it, even totally. though they made these religious films, they were still catering to the left-wing audience. Totally. But here's the thing. They think middle America is too stupid to notice. They really do. They think, well, here, if we put up, you know, we can subtly change i mean there's another song i'm thinking by a band that's out recently that's seemingly on the surface um about religion and faith but but you listen closely and they're actually you know chastising and, and making fun of religion and faith mm. and that's this sort of sneaky line they're trying to do they're trying to present films that middle america will like film uh faith subjected films but twisting twisting the, the needle making fun of it um with their own agenda and partly I don't know how how uh, you know manipulative they're trying to be or if it's just represents their actual view on religion because it's obviously not a very religious town so whether it's willful ignorance or they're intentionally you know trying to present a, a twisted view of the of the you know faith of a lot of people I, I'm not sure but I agree so so the question then is 
is there an opportunity for something else? And absolutely. The, the nice thing is right now in Hollywood, there are these new avenues as an actor, which is great. You've got all of a sudden, not just movies, but you've got all these, these shows that don't even exist on cable, but you know, Netflix shows and Amazon shows and Hulu shows, right? which is, which is great as an actor. And it's also great as, as producers and writers. It just gives that much more real estate for different voices, for different projects where you, where you don't have to meet necessarily the formula of the big Hollywood blockbuster, which says, you know, you got to have this basic storyline and this kind of explosions. It gives a little bit more of a voice for different voices, for different styles. Yeah, which... and I'm telling you, people are getting sick of the same old stuff. Every time I go to the yeah. movies now, it's the same damn plot. Just like Why a bunch of going? CGI explosions. And then like, you can always tell what's coming next. And I'm so sick right? of the predictability. So I'm really happy to see these emerging platforms. I love the stuff Hulu's putting out. Um, Netflix has some great stuff. But I still, even, you know, even those are left wing. So I think someone, yeah. someone clever is going to produce a, um, you know, a more right-leading production house, and they're going to make a lot of money, I think. I agree. Uh, but I mean, we'll, it, we'll see what happens. A, it's the basic business idea of, you know, if there's a market, someone will come in and serve that market in some way, and, and I don't think we've had that yet. We, there's definitely a market, and there's definitely now, you know, a, a place to to appeal to that voice, but who is it going to be? That's the question. Well, maybe it can be me and you, Liam. Maybe it will be. What do you? Uh, <laughs> let's have a business meeting tomorrow. Let's get going on this. Listeners, stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> um, real no, quick, I, we, I know we got to run, but do you think Harvey yeah. Weinstein is going to do jail time? You think he's going to no be way. in the slammer? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. The slammer. I don't think so. He's uh, he's proven to be pretty elusive to this point. So, um, if I was a betting man, I would say no. Man, I, I, I have trouble believing that. I think he will do jail time, but we'll yeah. see. America right. really hates this guy right now. Right. But then when he goes to jail, what's going to happen? We won't have any fantastic movies to watch anymore. The industry is just going to implode, you know? I know. What a shame. I know. What a shame. <laughs> I'll be crying yeah. in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, Liam, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're a busy guy. Look out for Liam on Lifetime. He's going to be starring in a movie on that channel. He's also in a ton of commercials. I swear to God, every time I turn on the TV, I see him. He's in a bunch of print ads. He's basically everywhere. And uh, everywhere. Take over sure, the world. Yeah, yeah. He's taking over the world. And follow him online. Liam, where do you want people to find you? Instagram, Twitter? Sure. Um LiamMcNeil.com or um, Instagram is Liam H. McNeil with two L's on McNeil. Everyone always leaves the second L off. That's fine. Coming to a theater near you. Um, <laughs> doing what I can. Trying to follow the Reagan path here in, in Hollywood. So wish me luck. Yeah, help him out. He's one of the few people in Hollywood who is going against the grain. We need more of that. So again, Liam, thank you so much for joining us. And for the love of God, keep doing what you're doing. I will. I'll do what I can. I'll do my best. No raping allowed. Just, <laughs> yeah, no raping. Just, that's the first rule. Yeah, that's the first. I gotta, I gotta change my behavior. I've, I can't get caught too. So. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Liam. <laughs> thanks, Kristen. All right, guys. Make sure you give Liam some love. Follow him online. We've got to support people who are brave enough in Hollywood to speak out against the liberal sheep who have completely taken over the entertainment industry. And Liam is such a great reminder to all of us that we should never back down and we should never be afraid to speak out about our beliefs. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of my podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to my podcast to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Play, or you can listen on SoundCloud. And I would truly appreciate it if you would check out my page on the website, Patreon. That's where you can make a small financial contribution to help me keep this podcast going. I do this because I love it and anything you guys can give, whether it's $1, $5, or $20 would be much appreciated. All right, guys, I will see you next week and uh, stay cool. Oh, 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 oh,